0: This is A Legacy of Laughs, comedy from the golden age of radio, brought to you by RelicRadio.com.
1: Jessica Dragonette, kiddies.
2: The makers of Tenderleaf Tea and Bluebonnet Margarine present The Fred Allen Show with Fred's guest Boris Karloff, Portland Hopper, Minerva Pius as Mrs. Nussbaum, the Tenderleaf Workshop Players, the DeMarco Sisters, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. And in case you've looked and couldn't find me in Who's Who, my name is Kenny Delmar. On November 15th, ladies and gentlemen, the OPA cut the retail price of grapes 15%. And speaking of grapes, (laughs) tonight we bring you a guy who's one of the bunch, and here he is, Fred Allen.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank you, and
2: good evening, ladies and
1: gentlemen. And Kenny, what was that introduction you just consummated there? Speaking of grapes, tonight we bring you a guy who's one of the bunch. I'm sorry, Fred. What, uh, what happened, Kenny? My
2: writer who thinks up those jokes I use when I introduce you is sick tonight. Oh, he's sick, is he? Uh, I didn't have any joke to bring you on. Well, where did you get that grape joke? Man in a fruit store gave
1: it to me. Man, man. <laughs> Look, Kenny, the next time you need a joke, don't go into a fruit store. Go into a butcher shop. Get something with some meat in it if you're going to. <laughs> you know, those grape jokes and parrot gags are all right on the Jack Benny program. You know, I heard today that the Lone Ranger Wants to follow Benny's program on Sunday nights The now, Lone Ranger? Uh-huh The Lone Ranger figures his horse can live on the corn It can pick up after Benny's program <laughs> <is
3: finished. laughs> now, Did you, uh
1: Did you, perchance, Did your luck run out And did you hear Mr. B, uh, B's uh, uh, effort tonight? Did you, okay. by any chance? Uh, oh, brother, with a small B Well <laughs> Was, uh Was Joe Lewis on with Jack again this week? Yes, uh, Kenny. With those jokes Benny gave Joe, it was the first time Joe Lewis has ever put anyone to sleep without hitting him. He did it (laughs) two Sundays in a row. (laughs) I think Lewis was in here earlier in the evening. From (laughs) 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 I think, though, Kenny, that well, Portland, (laughs) Jesus. You know, it's too bad you missed Kenny's grape joke, Portland. You're late.
4: Oh, I was home helping Mama fix our Thanksgiving turkey. Oh,
1: you were, really? Mm -hmm. There are plenty of turkeys this year. Even the turkeys can have turkey for dinner this year.
4: It's funny. Last year, we had two Thanksgivings and no turkey.
1: That's true. And this year, there are plenty of turkeys and no cranberries.
4: Well, Mama's making her own cranberries.
1: is she really How?
4: You know those little white cocktail onions? Yeah. Mama paints them with mercurochrome. Paints them? <laughs> cocktail? <laughs>
1: cocktail onions with chrome? How do these cranberries work out?
4: Well, fine. The only thing is, uh-huh. when the turkey gets near the cranberry sauce, the turkey starts crying.
1: Oh, turkey starts crying. That weakens the gravy, I imagine.
4: <laughs> well, tell me, did your did
1: your uh, did your mother get a big turkey for Thanksgiving?
4: It weighs twenty five pounds. Mama's trying to make it small enough to fit in the oven.
1: Oh, your mother should have read Mayor Laguardia's instructions on how to get big turkeys into little ovens. You know, the mayor says all you have to do is take out the turkey spine, bend the legs up under the sacroiliac, fold both wings over the bombay door, butter the sides of the oven, and slip the turkey in.
4: Mama read the mayor's instructions.
1: And she didn't like them?
4: Mama said it would be easier to get the mayor into the oven.
1: (laughs) Not with his hat on it, would (laughs) not And speaking of turkeys reminds me, Portland, it's time we took a gander at our friends in Allen's Alley. Oh,
4: what is your question tonight?
1: Well, the Clothing Manufacturers Association recently announced that due to the acute shortage of materials, it will be impossible to produce enough suits to supply men this coming year. And so our question tonight is, is this impending clothing shortage going to affect you?
4: Shall we go?
1: As the two Morse code operators said after they had made some dots. Let's make a dash. (laughs) Say, it's mighty quiet down here in Allen's Alley tonight, Portland. I wonder what the senator is up to. Let's see.
5: I say, somebody nod. Yes, I know. Uh, Claghorn's the name. Senator Claghorn, that every, is. Every week I you... come from Dixie. I'm loyal to the South. You keep telling me this... Say... I never go to a movie unless Ann Southern is in it.
3: <laughs> well, look, Ann. Uh, on the
5: radio, I never listen to Mr. and Mrs. Knoll. <laughs> now, Senator... Uh, does... Speak up, son. Out with it.
1: Well, I'm trying to you say... You don't
5: it. say nothing. You just stand there gawking. <laughs> Gawking, that well, here. I'm
1: doing the best I can to here. Now look, Senator, can I cut in just for a second? How does Washington feel about this clothing shortage?
5: Congress, I say, Congress was in an uproar, son. Really? Somebody, uh, get this now. Yeah? Somebody. Somebody was crossing Senator Bridges. You mean. <laughs> 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 crossing bridges. That's a joke, son. I know it. Well, Don't hold it in. Well, I don't get... Yeah, tell the truth, son. I'm too fast for you. Well,
1: (laughs) look, Senator, has this clothing shortage affected you personally? It's
5: terrible. I've been wearing the same suit since I was elected five years
1: ago. One suit for five years? Isn't it worn out?
5: My suit's so worn out, it might cost me my job. Your
1: job? How do you mean, Senator?
5: If my trousers get any thinner... Yes? I'm liable to lose my seat in the Senate. (laughs) So long. So long, that is. So long, Senator.
1: I'll make a note of it. Well, Congress may soon see the end of the Senator from indications.
3: Well, I...
1: I wonder if uh, old Titus Moody is here. Howdy, Bub. Ah, Mr. Moody. Say, you look a little beaten tonight. Yeah, my temper's about to slip its moorings, Bub. <laughs> <laughs> temper going out to see her. Something go wrong on the farm? Had a dust storm. Dust kept blowing for five days. Five days, eh? My chickens must have swallowed a bushel of dust. A bushel of dust? Well, what happened?
0: My hens are all laying powdered eggs. <laughs>
1: I see Dirty powdered eggs Well, naturally, with the dust in the... Uh... Yeah, the eggs has got pebbles for yolks Well, now... <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Moody Has the shortage of men's clothing bothered you? Oh, things got so bad I had to take the old suit off my scarecrow Say, that's good Not so good, bub. Well, why? My wife left home Because you're dressed in that scarecrow's outfit? Yeah, as long as
0: I'm wearing this suit Yes? The old crow won't come near me
1: Hold so on, so Well, if Mister Moody ever wants a drink, he'll probably have to stop at a crowbar Well, I—that's uh, the last joke I'll ever buy from a nusher.
3: Uh, well, let's uh,
1: let's move. On. I'm through the halls writing all week long, and it comes to this. Well, let's move along to this next door. Mrs. Nussbaum
6: You were expecting Maybe Lena Turner <laughs>
1: Tell me Mrs. Nussbaum Has the men's Clothing shortage Upset your household
6: My husband Pierre is frantic Frantic? There is such a word?
1: Yes, frantic
6: <laughs> Frantic,
1: frantic is a word
6: I Maybe I was making it up oh,
1: no. no, no No, when
6: I'm least expecting it Sometimes I'm coning an expression right. I
1: can imagine Well, tell me Has your husband tried to buy Any new clothes recently?
6: He is going to Horowitz's Herringbone heaven
1: Horowitz's herringbone heaven, Anne?
6: Horowitz is having Only one herringbone left Which Horowitz personally is wearing Well, naturally. Right.
1: What did Pierre do?
6: First, he is wearing his Mickey Mouse sweatshirt with Boy Scout pants. Oh,
1: that's that's some combination. Uh, Mickey Mouse sweatshirt and Boy Scout pants. Pierre must have looked snappy.
6: He is looking snappy until the Boy Scout is taking back the pants.
1: Oh, I see. You had to make Pierre another pair in a hurry, huh?
6: It is an emergency. Good. I'm using the Sunday newspaper, the comic section.
1: Oh, you made Pierre a pair of pants out of the funny papers?
6: Yes, yes. Down the left leg is Little Orphan Annie. Yeah? The right leg is Terry and the pilot.
1: And in the back?
6: Is Dick Tracy.
1: Ah, Dick Tracy.
6: If you think Itchy was in a spot before... Yeah? You should see him now.
1: Well... <laughs> Here we are at the last house in Allen's Alley. I'll see what's going on in here.
0: Oh, it's you again. Well,
1: only one McGee tonight. Where's your partner? He's singing at a smoker. Oh, really? The faithful followers of Carmen Lombardo. Those two guys meeting again this year, are they? Well, tonight... (laughs) Tonight, uh, I was going to ask you fellas about the men's clothing shortage.
0: I got a song about men's clothes. Oh, great. Here's a copy. You can sing it with me. Oh,
1: I can sing with you? Okay, let's go. Hit it, Sam. Oh, my shiny old shabby blue suit Full of holes, but
5: I don't give a hoot You can look through and see my appendectomy The tattoo on my chest and the mole on my knee And when winter winds start blowing through You'll see all my goose pimples in view (laughs) Through life I will glide I'll have nothing to hide in my shiny old shabby blue suit with two pairs
1: of pants. Thank you. Thank you. After the headache harmony of McGee and Allen, we offer some musical aspirin, five tiny tablets, the DeMarco sisters. Accompanied by Maestro Al Goodman and his family Philharmonic, the DeMarco sing Hop, Skip, and Jump, Girl.
7: Hop, skip and jump in my direction <laughs> I need affection on Don't you make it? One, two, three, hop! Won't you make it one, two, three? Hopscotch and jump, jump, hop uh-huh. on a flyer. Looking uh-huh. my eyes on fire. Uh-huh. Hurry, 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 hurry baby, won't you hurry to me, me?
2: Thank you. And. And now, Kenny Delmar with a message from the world. The world has a great many good things to say about the American woman. Her charm, her beauty, her good taste and all. But above everything else, she is practical. That's why Mrs. America prefers Tenderleaf tea balls to all other kinds. Yes, Tenderleaf tea balls hold first place because their advantages are so practical. They add so much to the pleasure you get from delicious tea. The tea itself is famous for flavor Tenderleaf brand tea. And this is the modern, easy gracious way, the practical way to enjoy it. Tenderleaf tea balls are individual packets of tasteless filter paper, convenient to handle and dainty to serve. Your tea is filtered as it's being made, and it's made in a hurry. So when you want a cup of quick comfort, just pop a Tenderleaf tea ball into a cup, add boiling water, and there you are. Yes, for every good reason, ask your grocer for Tenderleaf brand tea ball. <laughs>
1: Maestro Al Goodman has just completed another of his miniature concertos. He I'm going to love that guy like he's never been loved before. Mr. Goodman plays just enough each week to stay in the musicians' union. <laughs> <laughs> He takes all his old weights and makes up little pauses for station identification. <laughs> Say, Portland. Yes? Would you mind taking over for the rest of the program? I'm all in. I've got to lie down for a little while.
3: Lie down?
1: I haven't slept a wink all week. I am as tired as a violin player's middle finger after 16 bars of pizzicato.
3: <laughs>
4: you know, I, uh... <laughs>
1: I had to... uh, I had to get out of my apartment this week.
4: Well, haven't you tried to find a new apartment?
1: Oh, tried. Portland, what I have been through. Yesterday, Kenny Delmar gave me the address of a rental agency over on 6th Avenue. Well, sir, I started out early in the morning. Ah, this must be the agency. Uh Uh-huh. There's the sign on the door. Hotchkiss, Hotchkiss, and Badoo. Rentals, notary public, insurance, chicken dinners to take out, and New York representatives of Boris Abora Minovich. Open all night, walk in. Well, at least I'll come out of here with something. Yes? Uh, Mr. Hotchkiss, my name is Alex.
2: I'm a busy man. Don't bother me. What do you want? Well, no, I... Don't tell me. I'll get involved. I'm a busy man. Well, I'd, uh, I'd like to get an apartment. An apartment? I'm living under this desk here myself. Go find your own desk. Uh, beat it, I'm a busy man Well, now, wait
1: a minute You're a rental agent You've got to find
2: me a place to live Well, something came in last night A room? Where? In the Statue of Liberty They found a cavity in one of her teeth It was a molar Two people can live in it I'll take it Too late The cavity was filled this morning
1: Now, look, Mr. Hotchkiss I'm... A, you're looking at a desperate man A desperate man, that is
3: <laughs> I'll take...
1: I'll take anything A hook in someone's closet well, If say, I can...
2: wait, there's a... There's a guy came in a minute ago. He wants to rent his house. Hey, bud, I got a prospect for you. Alan, meet Boris Karloff.
1: Uh, Boris Karloff. Thank you. I beg your pardon. Have we met before? Mr. Karloff, don't you remember me? Take a good look at my face.
0: You look like something that fell out of a closet in
1: my last picture. <laughs> Mr. Karloff, I'm Fred Allen I met you in Hollywood Oh, yes, yes, yes You were out there making a horror picture Well, I didn't go out to Hollywood to make a horror picture My picture just happened to turn out that way <laughs> And I may, <laughs> I may say in rebuttal, Mr. Karloff Seeing you in person is sort of a letdown How do you mean, Fred? Well, you look human now, I expected to see a man who was part monster with a long, ratty tail.
0: Suit serves to cover it nicely,
1: doesn't it?
3: <laughs> yes,
1: I notice your tailor left enough room in back there in case you get happy and start wagging. <laughs> but tell me, Boris, what brings you to New York? Are you going into that show, Follow the Ghouls? <laughs> or, uh, Or I remember Mummy? <laughs> Well, Fred, I'm just here sightseeing. Oh, sightseeing, huh? Mm-hmm. Sightseeing to you, I guess, mornings you just lift up a manhole cover and take a long stroll through a sewer, <laughs> meeting old acquaintances, afternoons you browse around the morgue, and nights I uh, imagine you whoop it up around some cemetery. Why, Fred, how you do go on. Well, how do you
0: spend your day? Mornings I scamper through Central Park, uphill and down Dale with my butterfly net. Oh, really? Afternoons, I go to Macy's Toy Department and spend an hour or two perched on Santa Claus' knee. You do? Nights, I run around shrapnel, blowing through straws that are left in soda glasses. <laughs> and then? Dog-tired, lark-happy, and smelling of
1: phosphate, I'm home safely tucked in bed by 8 o'clock. Well, that makes a full day, smelling of phosphate, Boris. But let's get down to business. I have no place to sleep these nights. The rental agent says... Yes, yes, yes. I'm going back to Hollywood, and I'd like to rent my house. Rent your house. Good. When can I see it? Why don't you drop in tonight? What's the address?
0: 237 92nd Street.
1: Gad. The house on 92nd Street. Well, Portland, that night I started for Boris Karloff's house. It was pitch dark. The wind was blowing. A storm was coming up. I finally found it, the house on 92nd Street. It was a creepy-looking joint. I walked up the rickety steps. I rang the doorbell. The door opened slowly. I heard an old woman say,
4: Come in!
1: (laughs) Mr. Karloff is expecting me.
4: I'll tell him you're here. (laughs) She
1: sounds like the wife of the smiling Irishman. Gosh, it's gloomy in here. What's this? Gad. A human head rolling down the hall.
6: What's up, chum?
1: Who's that? Who's talking?
6: It's me down here. The head.
1: Who are you, head?
6: I used to be Karloff's girlfriend.
1: What became of your body?
6: I had a corn on one foot. Yes? Karloff told me he was a Yes? He started cutting off my corn Oh I fell asleep. I could feel Karloff cutting, cutting. Yes? When I woke up, my corn was gone, Karloff was gone, I was gone.
1: (laughs) You were gone?
6: All but my head.
1: Gad, Karloff must be mad.
6: Karloff's mad? How do you think I feel?
1: (laughs) I can imagine.
6: Well, I gotta go, chum. Stop me rolling, will (laughs) you? You (laughs) know... In what
1: direction?
6: Which way is... Can you top this?
1: Oh, you're going to see the repeat show, are you? Well, I'll give you a head start. Here we go.
3: Thanks, John. Okay, head. <laughs> yeah, Cad,
1: this place is spooky. I'm getting out of here. Where does this door go? A closet. Wow, it's dark and musty. Hello, Fred. Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's you, Boris Karloff. What are you
0: doing in this closet? I was just hanging up an old suit.
3: <laughs>
1: Boris, I think you left a man in the suit.
3: <laughs>
1: I never hang a suit up empty. With wrinkles. Now, look, Boris. Follow me, Fred. I'll show you the house. No, never mind, never mind. I can get a room at the Z. The Z? The Z is a little place in back of the Y.
3: <laughs> well,
1: I'll be Here getting. I come, Fred. It's dark. Take my hand. Gad. Your hand is clammy, Boris. It feels like five eels with hangnails. This way, Fred, and I'll show you the house.
0: Now, this room here is the parlor.
2: Hello, Karloff.
0: Hello, Frankie. Fred, meet Frankenstein.
1: Frankenstein?
0: Go away. Leave me alone. You must excuse Dr. Frankenstein, Fred. He's frustrated.
1: Frustrated?
0: He hasn't made any new monsters in three years.
1: Why? The war, you know. He can't get parts. (laughs) No wonder Frankenstein's upset. No parts... And under the name of Frankenstein losing that election in Detroit? Well, let's get along, Boris. Now, down this hall... Say, what's this door?
0: Don't go near that door. But I... It only leads to the basement. Well, let's now, take I a... warn you, Alan, don't ever look in there. <coughs> Pardon me. There's someone at the front door.
3: <laughs>
1: He's gone. Karloff must be hiding something in that basement. I'll open this door. Gad, the basement is filled with machinery. Two scientists working there. They're talking.
2: How can you keep a dead fish from smelling? Cut off its nose. What has four wheels and flies? A garbage wagon. Ten men under an umbrella. Nobody got wet. It wasn't raining. That's enough, Professor. Start the dehydrator. <laughs>
1: Jeepers, here comes Karloff.
0: Sorry I kept you waiting, Fred. Oh, that's
1: all right, Boris. Who was at the front door?
0: Man from the medical school.
1: Really? Wants
0: to know if I got any new bodies for him today. Oh. I told him to wait.
1: Well, Boris, I've got to be getting along, old boy. Excuse me, that's the phone. I'll be right back. (laughs) He's gone again. I've got to see what's going on in that basement. I'll open the door.
2: Why do you always flirt with waitresses? I'm playing for big stakes. In six months, my wife made me a pauper. Was it a boy or a girl? Why does a fireman wear red suspenders? To hold up his pants. Okay, Professor, start the compressor. Gosh, if I didn't know that
1: Abbott and Costello were in Hollywood, I'd swear... Uh-uh, here comes Carloff.
3: Son, did
0: I see you near that basement door? Basement?
1: Why, uh, 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 no, Boris. Uh, Who was on the
0: phone? Dracula. He's been drinking. Dracula's off on a bat again, hey? (laughs) Come, Fred, I'll show you the rumpus room. (laughs) Darn it.
1: The front door and the
0: (laughs) phone. Don't go away. The
1: basement. I've got to find out what those scientists are doing down there.
2: What kind of a hen lays the longest? A dead hen. Do you know Lincoln's Gettysburg address? I didn't even know he moved. Waiter, there's a fly in my suit. How much can a little fly drink? Professor, set the neutron gauge.
1: Neutron gauge. I think I understand. Oh, you do, do you? Karloff,
0: Alan, I saw you open the door to my basement. But I only... I warned you, I told you the man who looked in there would never live to
1: tell what he saw.
0: Karloff. Put down that knife. Alan, your time has come. You're
1: insane, Karloff. I know your mad plan. What plan? Those two scientists in the basement with those jokes.
0: You know? Yes.
1: They're jamming millions of old radio jokes into that huge condenser. The uranium cyclotron will reduce those old jokes down to one concentrated gag. It will be the most powerful bad gag the world has ever known. (laughs) That gag will be... The atomic joke. If that joke is ever spoken into a microphone, Karloff, it will blow up all of radio.
0: Yes, my atomic joke will destroy radio and benefit humanity. You
1: are crazy, Karloff. Your atomic joke will never succeed.
0: The atom can destroy everything.
1: Everything but radio. If radio can survive 15 years of Jack Benny, nothing can ever hurt it. (laughs)
2: And now, Kenny, was just a thought about thinking. You'll be thinking about food a good deal this week, so here's a step in the right direction. Remember the letters F-N-E for flavor, nutrition, economy. Bluebonnet margarine gives all three. Flavor, nutrition, economy. Yes, ladies, you'll be delighted with Bluebonnet margarine, for it gives you everything you want in a fine table spread. Get flavor, delicious flavor. Bluebonnet is fresh, delicate tasting, country sweet. Spread it generously on toast, biscuits, waffles, baked potatoes. Mmm, how good they taste. And Blue Bonnet means nutrition, proved nutrition. It's rich in food energy, rich in vitamin A. Blue Bonnet means economy, too. It saves you real money. Costs so little, you can spread it on twice as thick. And back of this fine new margarine stands an old, reliable name. Blue Bonnet is a product of the makers of Fleischmann's yeast. That fact alone tells you it must be good. So don't delay. Ask your grocer for Blue Bonnet margarine tomorrow. Remember, Blue Bonnet gives you flavor, nutrition, economy. All three.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, by doing your part in the current Victory Loan Drive, you'll be bringing the boys home and helping them find their way back to civilian life. Bonds can be purchased at motion picture theaters, banks, post offices, and many retail stores, or through the payroll deduction plan. 4,445 employees of Standard Brands, the makers of Blue Bonnet Margarine and Tenderleaf Tea, are participating in this plan. And in helping our country, they are assuring themselves of a share in its future. Thank you for joining this us is tonight. National
2: lady. Broadcasting Company.
6: That's
0: it for this time, but there's always more old-time radio at relicradio.com. Thousands of episodes of every variety offered for free, thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, please visit donate.relicradio.com or visit the website and click on the Donate button for more information. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back soon with another
3: installment of A Legacy of Laughs.